This is a KUNV Studios original program. The content of this program does not reflect the views or opinions of 91.5 Jazz and More, the University of Nevada, Las Vegas, or the Board of Regents of the Nevada System of Higher Education. Welcome to another episode of Let's Talk UNLV. KUNV 91.5. We are joined today with the most magnificent Danielle Fontenot, yes. the executive director of the double championship winning Woo-woo. Las Vegas Aces. Yes. <laughs> Say it again, Tanya. The what? Double. Double. Championship yes. winning Las Vegas because they bad. Come on. Yeah, I, bad. That's what I call doubly dumb. Like you, you just just go off. Like you just be like, you're not in your right space. I'm not because I don't even know what I'm supposed to be doing. Come on. Who told us hey. that we weren't supposed to go back to back? Yes. Back Effortlessly, back. huh? They put in the work. I love it. Yes. <laughs> We're so honored to have you. Is it okay so I say Danny? Yes. What do you prefer, Danielle or Danny? You know what? I'm so even with it. Okay. I promise that my husband calls me Danny. Okay. And so he always, you know, that's he's from day one. My coach called me Dan, and then my family called me Danielle or D. I promise, like, I just, I rock with them all. Listen, I, I already part, feel like I'm part of the family, so I'm going to say Danny. Come me on. Yeah, there we go. Like it's a family thing. You know, like I'm going to be part of the family. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> So I imagine that you can feel the excitement in the space today. So today we're going to talk about a topic that's been in the news a lot and been in our minds and hearts a lot, and that is the topic of mental health. So before we get started, I just want to say that the topic of mental health can be triggering for some people, depending on your situation, your circumstances, and what's going on with your life. So I want to let everyone know that if you are in crisis or if you are feeling like you aren't able to continue on, that there are resources to include 988, which is the suicide hotline in 911. And also, I want to give everybody permission to take, do what you need to take care of yourself. If you need to step away, step away. If you need to go talk to someone, go talk to someone. That being said, this conversation is going to be pretty dope. Yeah. So you may want to consider sticking con- around. Sticking around. Yeah. <laughs> I agree. Well said. Well said, Dr. Tanya. So, Danny. Can yes. you please share your origin story with us? How did you get here? How did you get to UNLV? How did, not, how did you get to Nevada? How did you get to the Aces? How did you get here? How did I get here? And that's so so beautiful of a story. Um, first, I have to say that um, just being here um, and being uh, from Houston, Texas, H Town, you know, yes, in the we, house. We have a, a southern draw. So when I got here, I realized that I couldn't say my country, Nevada. <laughs> I had to say Nevada, mm-hmm. and so um, there, that's where I met with it. But I got here because I am now. Um, I'm a former player. So and we, as we know, here in Nevada, we have the Las Vegas Aces. Mm-hmm. Like you said, um, two-time world champs. Come on! And I played for this franchise over 20 years ago. When it was, wow! Oh, I'm laughing at your face. <laughs> I, like 20 years ago, I'm thinking over. That's a good yes. thing because you don't even look like yeah. You're, you're, old you're, you're well, thinking she was two, right? Yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, you were so hilarious. <laughs> I mean, like, and when you were a toddler, right? Like, when way. I was a kid, yeah, you started as a kid. But it's so funny because mm-hmm. we're gonna. I want to be able to talk about that too because okay. it, it leads into this with this mental health, right? Okay. So I tell people that and I get that look mm-hmm. like, excuse me, can you run your age to me? Yeah. And it's funny because I want to say, can you know, like I really want to dive into like what that is mm-hmm. because it's really about taking care of yourself internally. Come on, Dan. And then that's that shine that's outwardly mm. that smooths it all out, right? Oh, I love her. And so people um, look and they're like, I'm like, well kind of take it easy in life and some things but only because I admit mm. and honest when it's rough 
Mm. I'm like Tina Turner. I'm like, hey, we're going to have a rough side of this mountain. Right. But it's not going to, you know, stay like that. There is a smoothing out of Mm. sorts. And so I just allow myself to go through that rejuvenation and resets as they come and I flow with it. This was a reset moment for me. So a full circle moment of coming back to the place where I thought I drowned because... I'm about to get out this. I'm about to walk out the studio. (laughs) This was a fear thing for me. So snatched. Come on, Danny. uh, (laughs) I was recruited. I'm not recruited. I was actually drafted in the WNBA in 2002. And I played a full year and then a partial year in the WNBA. And it was not because I did not have the talent. I was Mm -hmm. actually um, 11th in the first round round of the WNBA draft. And so meaning that I was holding my own on the court. Mm -hmm. What I did not know was the business of basketball. Mm -hmm. And it took me very fast, faster than what I could emotionally handle. I can handle the speed of basketball. But this business side with money, family, mm-hmm. all of that, and coming from a place where our family was struggling. Many people don't know I was actually homeless when I came into the league because my parents had lost their home mm-hmm. my junior year. But I was playing ball. Mm. No one knew that. Right. So um, fast forward to how I'm here is that the Las Vegas Aces um, – who uh, has a, an amazing um, president in Nikki Fargus, who is quite wonderful, um, this beautiful um, melanated woman. And um, she is a former coach at LSU, mm-hmm. which happens to be where my former coach from Baylor is now. Wow. Full Kim Mulkey. So mm-hmm. this is, so mm-hmm. when you actually find yourself in your, your Trinity, like mm-hmm. your star, mm-hmm. I was like, wait, so my coach came from Baylor to LSU, LSU um, coach came from there to, um, to the aces. And I'm like, I'm connected to Baylor, LSU and this, I was like full circle. Come on. It was just already telling me, I don't know, but some way I'm involved. Mm-hmm. They started having alumni weekends to really bring back the people who laid the foundation for this game. Mm -hmm. I mean, it makes sense, right? Mm -hmm. But no one else in the league was really doing it in that way. But um, she had the idea to do that. And so coming back here, I was nervous. I really didn't know if she was serious when I got the text message and said, hey, this is Nikki Fargus with the Las Vegas Aces. And I'm like, what? You know, and so I'm looking at it and I'm like, they want they want me. Like, no way. N- yeah. Not not the one who was the first round draft pick who did not make it, mm. who was embarrassed, who was ashamed, Talk who felt all this. But you know what? I came and it was the most amazing experience. And I didn't think I deserved to be here. Mm. I did not think I deserved to be back. But I was like, you know what? I'm coming because I'm not that same child that was 21 that came out. Um, and into this space where I didn't know there's a lot that's happened. And I'm grateful that for those times where I didn't know what I was doing, because you know what? In life, you're not going to always know your moves. This is impromptu. OK, some of it is just you go with the flow. And that is meaning that you don't have a full script, you know, for what's happening. And that's just being a little less and leaving room for God to, like, move in that space for you. And it's just a little bit. Just a little bit. You just only got to make a little room to know that you're not in this alone. So I came back here with full gratitude of embracing what I did not know. And Nikki said it was my energy when I walked in the room because I was the one in there smiling the biggest because I was so grateful that just a little bit of that, that, that time I had here made me special in a way mm-hmm. and you can't get give me get me to give up that piece of my pie. That's right. That's my sky. Mm-hmm. And so I came on back. And um, that's how I got a phone call. And it it happened in January, which was on the 11th when I got the phone call from Nikki. And once again, wait, wait, I got it. It was um, 
Wait, was, these are my eleven is my angel number. If I can okay, say so that. it's mine. So okay, so eleven, 11 too. is my angel number. Wait, okay, so but you said eleven. But look at look at my said. paper. Look, look, Danny. Okay. I wrote down that you said something so about. 11. So there's a twin. There's a there's a twin energy with this thing about eleven. Right? I it's know what it was. Flame. You were round pick. It was eleven. I was eleven. And the, so so it was the one one one. It was the first round eleventh pick. Yeah. January the eleventh, the first the the first month on the eleventh day, my one 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 again. Yes. Right. Brought me back and she called me and she said, I just want to welcome you back. And it happened on that on that time. But I actually didn't arrive here until, you know, beginning of the season in April. And so of this year. Of, of this, this year. year. So that's what I'm saying that you could oh you God. could really need the reason why you should ground is because before you know it, you could always already be in the dream that you didn't even know you were creating. And then that's the shock. That's the that's the thing that makes you say wait, what, is this my life? Mm. Is it, it feels so scripted. And it was like, well, yeah. Didn't you, did you narrate it? Did you, did you give narrative to it? And I didn't realize energetically it's, it's the sound of the silence mm-hmm. that's speaking continuously even when you're not saying anything. It's your energetic feeling that is filling the space. It's literally your air and your emotions and your passion and your love and your heart that is jumping out of you. That's that Holy Spirit. All right, come on. I'm just saying, (laughs) listen, and I mean whole as meaning that sometimes there are spots. Mm. And when you are a person that says it's a spot, but is it a spot or a door that's just open? Mm. And so it was just opportunity. And I didn't fully know what this was going to be Mm -hmm. for me. All I know is that can you tell that that's your ride? Yeah. Is that your train? Is that your train of thought? Is that the train that you're on? And so that's what I mean. And um, so that's my origin story about how I got here mm-hmm. and um, and just and, and how I'm connected now. And sitting here is a surreal feeling mm-hmm. because you said with your number is, is 11 also. Mm-hmm. And I'm um, born 811. Are you? Mm-hmm. Okay, so angel numbers. But let me tell you the irony of that. I'm talking, I said holy mm-hmm. i said um several things that would you would assume that there must be some spiritualness to mm-hmm. me right but the thing about it the way i grew up looking at symbols like that was considered to not be something of god this is true mm-hmm. so i had so i have true. conflict in my spirit like mm-hmm. why would i say angel numbers mm-hmm. and it was just like because you don't realize that sometimes like how you should break words down maybe the angel is the angle mm. which is which is really interesting because scripture relies a lot on numbers, on numbers. 40 7 Three, yes. mm-hmm. you know, 40 days in the yes. desert, mm-hmm. <laughs> like the 12. Holy Trinity. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I call it emotional math. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A lot of a lot of a, a lot of faith based traditions rely heavily on numbers and, and numbers are reflective of important milestone moments. So it you know, I'm so glad you talked about that, because I think sometimes the ways in which we are raised in certain faith traditions mm-hmm. don't align with who we are as humans. And they're sort of a, a misrepresentation mm-hmm. of faith. And they make that they feel that disconnect because I'm similar to you. You know, the, the faith tradition that I grew up in 
was so rigid, I thought I'd, I, I really just assumed at the age of 13 I was already headed to hell because mm-hmm. I couldn't follow all the rules. Yeah. That's, that's what it is. And I the religiosity component would I say it's it. dark, it's demonic, it's not right. But the reality is it, it's all in sync. Yeah. You know, it's the communication. All and alignment. I, I did not start exploring those things until my 40s, believe it or not. I just, oh, same Because here. I was taught so differently, you know. Mm-hmm. And I still have family members, et cetera, who say, well, you know, that's not this and not that. Okay, not for you, but for me. It's all working together. Yes. For me, and you know. Can we bring it, can we talk about the fact that, that faith and mental health, like those those two Ooh, things sometimes sometimes feel like they stand that's, in conflict this is true. with each other. Um, they stand in opposition like the number 11. Mm. It's opposing. And so when you get to your um, twin tower moment, mm-hmm. like where you're looking face to face at yourself, mm-hmm. it's a very... Um, it's it's a surreal type feeling and one that I feel like women should have someone that you give have guidance to walk you through because actually that's what that is. Funny that we're here as UNLV, as rebels, and then we always highlight rebellion mm. as far as like being rebellious, digging in, standing your ground, knowing who you are. But at the same time, what if, it, if you have to rebel about uh, against the thing that created you? And then you have mm. to define what rebel or rebelling mean the resounding, the bell or your is your bell tolling. You hear the rings of yourself, mm. you know, or are, are there bells going off? Meaning, are you engaged with yourself? Have you started to look at words and, and give depth to them and open the box? Don't just check it. Mm. Don't just check it and say box. Open it up. But we're so scared to open the box. And it's funny that boxes refer to many things as you say box and open it up because it's that Pandora's box about mm-hmm. like what's in there. Mm-hmm. And um, the first thing that we know is about seeking ourselves mm-hmm. and to seek yourself because I realize like my eyes are in my head. And if I ever if I, I, I really won't ever be able to see my face only through reflection. So only through reflection. I have a question for mm-hmm. you. So, um, you know, as we talk about mental health, I know that that everyone has their own mental health journey. And, you know, even as you were talking about the faith perspective when it comes to mental health, I think I think oftentimes what I felt was out of alignment for my life wasn't my faith. It was the teachings of my faith. Mm. Like, I, I, I feel like I'm in line with my spiritual center, but I feel like the direction that I received was through a lens that did not necessarily take my being into consideration. Mm. Not my gender, not my ethnicity. You know, the faith I grew up under had me to be subservient, had me to be less than, had me to be not fully visible. And the faith that I grew up on didn't make room for any other avenues of mental health because I don't know about y'all, but I grew up in a household where, you know, therapy, what the hell is that? No, mm-hmm. if you, if you, Jesus, if you, Jesus mm-hmm. wanted you to be well, he'd cure you. And, but Jesus made the therapist. Mm-hmm. I feel like, you know, well, yeah, <laughs> I was like, well, actually, if you follow Jesus, um, then you would follow um, paths. It's funny because there's a there's a big part of, of Jesus' life that we have no idea. It's mm-hmm. not there. Yes. But at the end of the day, we are saying that this is the way. Like this is like what would Jesus do? Mm-hmm. You know. And the same thing about it is that we're saying that's the right path without even knowing the full story. So okay. So then it's like then you could ask yourself, are you really reading for? for like comprehension to where you combine both the um, logical and theoretical. And you're really starting to say that you are taking um, time to have critical thinking about what you're reading. Are we just accepting what's being fed to us because we don't want to do the work? Mm. And because, you know, Jesus wasn't accepted 
through the teachings. This was not something, this was a death people were begging for, you know. And then after the death, it was something that came. Then there was a lifting in support of that. And so it's like, when are you willing to die to a version um, that you realize that you really no longer desire to be, but you're going to honor the fact that you at least had something to go on, but you're not going to take my innocence because that's really not up for grabs. So so something that I want to say, just because I'm sorry, darling, I'm the, the it just occurs to me that we've strayed down a different path <laughs> yes. than the road works. Mm. <laughs> so our listeners are probably like, wait, what? What? what, right. what We're back when on did, mental. When right. did we? So yes. I, I just want to say mm. that, you know, um, the the ways in which we, we talk about mental health all stem from our lens and our perspective. Mm-hmm. So, you know, for those that are those listeners that are like, well, I don't have a faith perspective. I don't have a spiritual perspective. I follow this. I follow that. I don't believe in that. This is not saying that your perspective needs to be anyone else's That's perspective. Right. Our mental health journey is individual mm-hmm. and we call into the collective all of our resources around it. Yes. So um, did did anyone of y'all have a conversation about mental health growing up? Was that no? A thing? Well, that's that's what we're saying. So I think this is why it's such a beautiful conversation because, as black women, we always consider everybody else who's listening, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right? We're always like mental health, but then I'm saying that in this space, that mental health is circles helping circles. So when we don't have full, complete story or history of our family, like I don't even know my great grandmother. Mm-hmm. Neither do okay? I. Okay, and so what I'm saying is that because of how we were raised, I had something very traumatic happened to me at the age of five Mm -hmm. where I was dealing with being sexually abused by my uncle. Mm-hmm. But I say uncle, you think of a grown man. Mm-hmm. My uncle happens to be 11 at this wow. time. And I was five. And so I can say that, which is a heavy topic. So mm-hmm. anyone listening, I know that that can be like a triggery thing. What I'm saying is that if it doesn't trigger me in that space, then I can revisit it, which is bringing us back to how I got here because I thought I drowned. And I came back to a place saying, no, I'm really well in those emotional waters. So the fact Mm. that I can say that means I know how to direct myself emotionally and I'm not drowning in my own emotions of like, is this good, bad, am I good, bad, good, bad, good, bad. And I realize that I'm layered Right. Mm -hmm. And so I had the experience that was really hard for me to take at five was contrast, Mm -hmm. meaning something that happened to me that my body felt as the sensation was good, different or I didn't know it was new. Let me say I can even say it was good. It was a new sensation for my body, my body. But then it also felt like something else because it made me feel not not good Mm -hmm. and it was like so how do you say family member i'm supposed to love play with come over to my grandma's house we do this all the time but at the same time i don't know how to it's just confusing Mm -hmm. contrast can be confusion if no one is talking to you so mentally i already grew up very awkward Mm. because i didn't have i didn't feel safe with myself and that was one thing That on top of several things that happened that didn't make me feel okay mm-hmm. with being in my skin. And mm-hmm. I happen to be a six one <laughs> and some change mm-hmm. woman with chocolate skin mm-hmm. that already internally I don't feel good because of my experience with my family. Then to come out into the world and have people tell me that I'm not beautiful mm-hmm. uh, are reflected. On, so I have a com- compounded effect of my mental stability mm-hmm. of what I can carry and not realizing until 40, 
I have been carrying that since five. So mm. that's how we circle that back around wow. to mental health and how it gets personal. Because I always feel bad about talking about how it is for me as a mm-hmm. black woman because I feel like, shh, shh, that's enough of that. Yeah, you don't want people uncomfortable. And then, Danny, so I, I'm, I'm just over here, mm-hmm, uh, yeah, the whole time. <laughs> and I'm thinking <laughs> so many different thoughts and I'm a process mm-hmm. after and maybe weeks to come and months to come, truth be told. But nevertheless... When, so from five until a certain age, when um, were you introduced into the idea or the opportunity to explore healing and um, really diving into the mental health component? Was there any place? Well, so obviously you said you didn't feel safe with yourself. That's powerful, right? So at what point did you start peeling back those layers and really getting to the little girl that's five years old to heal and really explore this whole component of mental health? Well, so um, the it, it, people think like a, a situation happens and then I had to get to the age where I said stop, mm-hmm. you know, because then now I feel like I have exhausted this space of feeling that this is OK to happen to me. So then now I'm going to say stop. Mm-hmm. And it took me from the place where I said stop, mm-hmm. which was around, you know, maybe in between the age of five or six. Um, it took it took years until I was at the age of, um, um, I think I was uh, maybe 16. Mm. And I had a conversation with a very close cousin of mine. You know, your cousin's sisters, mm-hmm. the ones that are there. Well, see, she also experienced the same type of abuse, oh, but gosh. from, not from a family member, mm-hmm. but from um, from her sister's father. And so then that created something. But I saw how my mom went to help and it was something like unheard. Mm -hmm. So the way I got to really dealing with it was having a conversation with my cousin, asking her, do you think it's smart if I tell my parents? Mm -hmm. And she said, yes. And then I said, "Okay." And then I went to go talk to my mom and dad about it at the age of 16, right before I'm going off to college because I went Mm. to college at 17. Wow. Told them what happened. Oh, the nerve. I'm trembling. I'm Mm. shaking. I'm like, oh, my God. But I finally laid it out. And this is what I wasn't ready for. The reaction. Because the response is not what I thought I had. What my cousin got from my mother was very different when she leaned in to help her. Mm -hmm. My mom didn't lean in to help me like that. And I saw a discomfort with my dad. And so then what happened was nothing. Ugh. And then um, the, the, the thing that just the words, the sentence, don't say anything. It'll kill your grandmother. Ugh. So then really the hush and the shush yes. comes from in, inside. But there's healing. The reason why I come with good news is mm-hmm. because at the age of 40, I had a conversation with my mom and dad about this. But it took years of, of constantly mm-hmm. kind of poking and saying it because it was that irritation. Finally turned um, the light on and realized that both my mom and dad also experienced um, a form of sexual abuse um, growing up. And so a lot of times mental health is because your parents don't know what to do with it. And but I went off to college and thought that I was so hurting and then I bawled out of control. Wow. wow. It was transmuted energy. Mm. I went there and I was so angry and I was suffering that my junior year. I It just I, I burst. And I had one of the most remarkable, um, um, I guess, um, seasons in my collegiate career. And nobody knew that I almost cried every single day. Isn't that something? That is powerful, transferable energy. Yeah. And, you know, and and this idea that people often assume that healing is is a quick fix. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And not realizing that healing is, is, is a journey. It's not, you don't just suddenly wake up one day and I'm fine. 
You know, it's a little it's all the little pieces that come together. It's all the little opportunities. You're growing into yourself. In waves. Yeah. Of waves mm-hmm. of growth. Yeah. And um, when I first got there, because of what I was going through, I wasn't paying attention in class that well. Mm-hmm. And they put me um, in a test to see if I needed to be tested for my learn for learning disabilities. Mm-hmm. And then um, I told my parents and they thought I needed special classes. And then it makes you feel like now you're not smart. Mm-hmm. And then um, it made me feel that I wasn't intelligent. And really, I had an emotional disability mm-hmm. or an emotional blockage. Mm-hmm. And it didn't allow me to be as present and to get it because I didn't learn in that type of way. And so I thought I was at a PWI, um, being a young black girl who could play basketball very well, but was very was struggling from abuse that no one knew, but was there to do what I needed to do. And that's how I got drafted in the first round of the WNBA. Wow. Oof. Can I share our origin story? Yes. <laughs> so how I met this remarkable human being was that Dr. Raven Townsend and I, oh, we're we were running up on time, but to make I promise long... it has not been almost 30 minutes. Isn't this something? This <laughs> is so unfair. It feels like five minutes. Yes, I, I promise you, you. He said five minutes. So to, Goodness. To, to make a long story short, we did a presentation for the ACEs for teachers. And I saw this beautiful human standing in a corner with the most magnificent smile that I had to approach and talk to. And we got to talking. And so one of the things I wanted to share, I hope you will share before um, we have to sign off is how you got to this work because your transformation led to you wanting to engage more with mental health for others. Would you like to talk about that? Really quickly, because I know we have time, but first of all, you were amazing. I have to edify this woman. Mm -hmm. I babble when I get around her. Mm -hmm. It's because she's so inspiring Mm -hmm. to me. And so, yeah, say that. And I love, I just love all all about it. Oh my gosh. I second that. And listen, that's why why I know that you're here and I don't even know you, but y'all are in the same space and we're here. Um, And so um, as far as like coming back, was that the question? As far as. So tell us how your mental health journey has inspired. The work. Yeah. Mm. Because um, I felt broken. Mm -hmm. And then I realized that I feel broken because you want to have the resources to give to pay it forward, to give to people. And then the one of the most irritating things is to do something you want to do and not have the means to do it. And so I realized that um, I needed to work on how to get people past emotional blockages so that they could not be like, like Erica Badu said, a mm. bag lady. Mm. We can't get to our purse because our lips are so burst and and it's like we're just irritated beyond it we're exhausted Danny, come on so if i want to actually get past corporate maybe not caring enough about the um giving to um children in these underserved communities which mm-hmm. i'm so confused how are they still underserved mm-hmm. how they're not underserved children they're underserved resources in these communities so i realized that i could be part of that if i didn't feel the way i did about money mm-hmm. but i realized money does not come out from outside of you, you are the currency, you are the money, you are the gold, you are the weight, you're the weight in your own gold. And when you start to put value on that, then these other things are just bank notes. Mm. They're not money. Money doesn't come from outside of me. It comes from the creativity. But if my creativity is blocked because I can't get to my womb because I have an uncle scar there, then that's going to be a problem. So that's when I started to do inner work and tell women about how to be okay with the mimic of emotions until you get to mastery of emotions, until you get your own mode of emotions, and that's your mm. And we want that mm good, right? <laughs> <laughs> that's I'm it. So that's so, all I got. I'm so sorry that I peaked this oh. mic up. Let me pull it back. Oof. 
You sure oh. we only have five minutes? Or what is it down to now? Can we add some time to the Say board? We in our own mode. Hey. We in our own mode. Come on. <laughs> yes. Come through. Come through. I oh. know it. They can't see us, but they felt that. Oof. I felt that. In my heart I, and in I my soul. Listen, y'all touch your hand. Oh, yes. sis. It's my Trinity it. right now. It's my triplet and 11 and all of this. Thank oh. y'all. Y'all gonna make me we cry gotta, some more. I already cried now, but come I back. feel it. We gotta come back. We gotta do I'm, this again. I'm gonna be back. This is a conversation worth having, man. Please come back. So many you pieces. You can't get in January. 30 minutes. We no. Just, no. You got to. No. So we hope y'all come back and listen some more because these women they will are be more. amazing. They will mm-hmm. be more. Danny <laughs> will be back with us because she is awesome. Yes, she are. And we will have more of these conversations because my soul, this was my soul food. Mm-hmm. My soul is full. Mm-hmm. Thank you. call that the microwave version. Yeah. yeah. That's what happened. <laughs> I went to lunch. I didn't know. You know, I sat down and I, 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 I'm feasting. Oh, man. Oh. And we share so many similarities in our work and mm. our passions. Because mm. the amazing. looks that's happening off the camera that y'all can't see mm-hmm. is that black girl look. Yeah. Like, mm. No, she didn't. Yeah, yeah she did. Yeah, that's, she the did. that's that nod that you give. Yes. It's, a, it's a language. You mm. didn't have to say nothing. You yep. just gave her a look like, the mm-hmm. snaps. did you say what I just said? Yes. The snaps, the though. Snaps. I'm like, she read my mail. Surely, I mean, we just <laughs> met Surely, right. surely I'm bugged. Yes. And she's been... Yes. On my phone line, oh my. and you have been on my line. You have been in my spiritual live stream. Thank you for that. Mm-hmm. So all of this you are hearing, this excitement, this buzz, we will we will definitely be having this conversation again because this is not a one and done. Danny, not a one and done. I just want to say thank you. <laughs> thank you. Not, I mean, thank you for surviving, but thank you for thriving. Mm. And when you said that you came back to a place that you thought that you had drowned in, that's a warrior. That's Oof. a champion. Oof. That's an overcomer. I mean, Oof. so thank you. Thank you for I know. that. Thank you for Oof. doing the work and continually to do the work and being courageous to, just to show up as your authentic self. I'm so grateful for thank your you. being. You're going to make me cry now. Mm-hmm. And that's what that is. We're all in a cry, mm-hmm. sis. Yeah. <laughs> you got to just cry it out. Mm-hmm. It's, those are your holy waters. Mm. Oh, I love it. So, yes. and that is a wrap. For more Let's Talk UNLV, be sure to follow us on social media where you can get the latest updates on the show plus great behind-the-scenes content. We're on Facebook at Let's Talk UNLV Podcast, Twitter at Let's Talk UNLV, and Instagram at Let's Talk UNLV Pod.